Welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you are a teacher or administrator looking to change careers, you are in the right place. There can be many reasons an educator is ready to leave the classroom. Boredom, burnout, pressure from parents and administrators, the list goes on and on. If you are ready to move on from teaching, there are many roles in which you can use your teacher skill set to have a positive social impact and set yourself up for a fulfilling and rewarding career. Now, let's meet your host, Carrie Conover. Carrie is a veteran educator and EdTech corporate leader turned founder and CEO. Carrie runs the highly successful program, Classroom to Boardroom. Her program alums work at Discovery Education, School Specialty, Scholastic Education, Code HS, PowerSchool, Amplify, and Dell. Her experience in EdTech, plus her connections in the industry, give her unparalleled insight into the teacher transition process. So grab your notepad, because your new journey outside the classroom starts right now. Today, I am joined by a very energetic, very happy, very fulfilled former English teacher, Yinka. Welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. Hey, Carrie. How are you? I'm so happy. We were just chit-chatting before. Why do I say chit-chat? It's like I'm an old lady. I've been <laughs> that lately. We were talking before we hit the record button and I was like smiling ear to ear because you just seem so happy. And I'm so excited to have you tell your story on the podcast today. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in a really great place. So I'm excited to talk to you as well. Yinka, you came to Classroom to Boardroom. Do you remember what month you joined? I feel like it was summer. Was it summertime? Um, I don't even think it was the summertime. So what had happened is I was tired and I was like, I need a new job. <laughs> um, so I think it was like February, maybe. Okay. Like January, February. February, like right after break. Well, I remember the first time I met you, I'm like, you have so much energy and you're one of those people, even on a Zoom with a lot of people on it, your smile and your brightness and your energy just shines through the screen. And so I was like, I knew you were going to make it. I knew you were going to have a happy ending to this story. So why don't you start off and just tell our audience, Yinka, well, first of all, you're from Houston, Houston, Texas. Yes. And you were a ninth grade English teacher for nine years. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on you and your general career story? Yeah, for sure. Um, so in college, I actually wanted to go to law school, but I wanted to do children's advocacy. Um, so get a lot of debt and make no money, but I wanted to um, make sure that I had my hand in educating the youth, finding a way to support them because I like the kids. I always have, especially teenagers. Um, obviously, it didn't end up that way, but what I did end up doing was doing an alternative certification program and I transitioned into teaching. Um, it was always going to be high school. I don't see myself as an elementary teacher. I don't have the patience for that. God bless those who do. Um, I taught middle school for one year and it was the worst teaching year of my life. So I know for a fact, I didn't like that either. Middle um, school hard. Middle, middle school. Oh my gosh. Hard. Yes. I taught yeah. seventh and eighth grade. Um, and they were sweet as they wanted to be, but they were like true sour patch kids. And I got the sour most of the time. And I was like, no, if I would have had to teach middle school any longer, I would have stopped teaching a long time ago. Yeah. 
Um, but no, I mean, they're great humans. They grow into the high schoolers that I like. So that works out. <laughs> Good way to um, put it. <laughs> so I used to teach 10th grade. Um, and then we lived in Dallas for a while. And then we moved back to Houston. Um, so I ended up applying for a job teaching ninth grade. I will be honest, ninth grade was never like my grade because I was like, they're so close to middle schoolers. <laughs> um, but Wait, do you have some trauma from middle school that we I need do. to talk out? I think I like do. whether I think it's like the trauma that I experienced in middle school and yeah. now like my son is in middle school and I'm like, ew, those three <laughs> years are the worst, but I think, I think I'm a, a little scarred when it comes to middle school in general. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you came out of it and you gave back to the community, but I see what you're saying. The freshmen are just kind of, they're coming yeah. out of, out of that uh, middle school experience. Oh yeah, definitely. But I actually started like started, I love ninth grade. And I thought what was really cool is that I start off as your ninth grade teacher, but I get to see you grow. So I get to see you grow into the person that you ultimately become when you graduate. So that was really great for me. Not to toot my own horn, but I was definitely a class favorite. So I would continuously see my kids. So I would have them as ninth graders. They would come find me during their 10th grade year, junior year, senior year. Um, And it was just a really cool experience to actually like watch these kids that came in with their high-pitched voices, super short, <laughs> nervous and scared, grow into these like beautiful, wonderful human beings. So oh. I, ninth grade was, was my spot. So you know what's interesting? So I taught third, fourth, and fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say like, I think I could go back and teach. Like maybe I'll teach at the t- like very end of my career to like take this whole story full circle. Right. But I've been mentoring in the incubator program, like the entrepreneur program at our local high school, which is a phenomenal program. Shout out to, to that high school. But being with, I really like high schoolers. Oh, yeah. I like being around them. I like their sense of humor. Yeah. Do they have the sweet and sour to them? Probably they don't show that to me as much because I'm, you know, a guest, but um, <laughs> But I really do like high school. I could see myself going back and, and teaching high school, ironically, because I started out thinking, oh, I wanted the little ones. But um, but that's cool. I love that you, you know, it's interesting for you too. I wonder if you'll end up going back and working in high, with high schoolers in some type of capacity once you're out of the classroom for a while. Yeah, so I think about that a lot. So there was a brief period that I was like, I can go sub and I'll just go sub back at the school. And my husband was like, that's weird. <laughs> no, you can't. He was like, can you imagine like quitting your job, but then coming back and sub? No. And I was like, that's fair. So I think I needed like a clean, clean break from the classroom. Um, so how did you know that it was time to make that break and that you wanted to do something other than teaching? So I will say that I used to be super excited about it, like being creative, hanging out with the kids. Like I felt like the ideas were flowing, but Last year, I just, it was routine. I was miserable. I didn't want to go. I was tired all the time. Um, what used to be, even like the first day of school, I used to be so excited for that. And I, would, I just dreaded it. I dreaded going back to school. Sunday scaries used to not be a thing. Like, unless, of course, like I wasn't done grading or I hadn't finished my planning. But like Sunday scaries were like consistent and my Sunday scaries started on like Friday when I got home. Yeah. Um, and it just, I just wasn't my best self. And as I told you, I taught freshmen. So um, 
I had a full four years of kids at that school. So my seniors would see me and like they would come hang out with me during the day. And it's just hearing them say things like, you don't seem the same like when we were freshmen or them being able to be like, hey, they're getting on your nerves. Like it, it was, it had gotten to the point where it wasn't masked and I knew I wasn't my best self. And the kids that I had before got a different version of me that these new kids weren't getting. And I knew that if I continued, I would, I would never want to be that teacher that's simply there for a paycheck or lack thereof. (laughs) Um, So I knew it was probably time to move on. I know so many people are feeling your words because I definitely am. You're like, you're bringing me back because I taught 10 years. It was similar such a similar story. I think there's so many people like us. And I think it's because there are certain people that aren't meant to do the same job their whole career. I mean, we kind of, they say life is short, but we live a long time. The other thing I think is interesting hearing you talk, and it would be interesting, tell me if this is true or not, but a lot of times people want to know outside of teaching, like, what is it? Is it the parents? Is it the behavior? Is it this? And yes, we can pinpoint things, but I think over time, it's little things that kind of just deteriorate the passion and the energy. I agree. Um, I think I, I, I know that people are say that like, it's, it's a, it's a perfect storm of things. Like I would love to be like, Oh no, it wasn't the kids, but sometimes it was the kids and yep. the parents or admin yep. or paperwork or everything else. Yeah, like it just, it was, it was just, I think the perfect storm. And I will tell anyone who asks that if the pandemic hadn't happened, I think I would still be teaching because I, a lot of the joy that I had kind of dissipated with the pandemic and with pandemic teaching and all of the changes that came with that. I was never fully able to make it back to that self. And that's why I think my seniors noticed that because I had, they were freshmen before the pandemic. So they got a different me. Uh, yeah. And yep. then by the time they were seniors, they're like, oh, this is a, <laughs> this is a totally different version. So I think I kind of realized overall that while my students might find me amazing and I'm their favorite person and they appreciate me in the grand scheme of things, I was a body to fill a space. And I think that kind of changed things for me. Yeah. Do you feel guilty about leaving? I feel guilty all the time. (laughs) Um, I feel guilty all the time. Not for like administrators, like my teacher besties. I think our whole ninth grade team was kind of like dissipated. We're all doing different things now. Um, So not necessarily in that way, but like, I think it's the kids. I've always, and I always call. You probably don't miss the kids who irritated the crap out of you. So honestly, not even that. So um, I had a principal when I first started teaching who called me the Pied Piper of wayward children, right? So the kids who needed a little extra love tended to be my favorite. So yes, you drove me insane, but I actually do miss you. So like it's the interactions with, like you mentioned earlier, teenagers are funny. They have so much energy. There's so much life in them and being around them even when you're exhausted can really like help shape your day. So I do miss that. And I, I focused on building relationships in my classroom. And I, that was something that I was serious about and something that I took to heart. And I know that my students felt that too. So I do feel guilty leaving them and seeing like kids cry when I said I was leaving 
So I do feel guilty. And some of them still follow me on social media and they're like, hype me up. And I'm like, oh, so you like your new job better? And it's like, (laughs) yes, I do. But you're still a wonderful human and you will be okay. So yeah, I definitely feel guilty, but only because of the kids. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I do think back to like, I, after you teach for a while, you realize like in the first week of schools, the kids are like the biggest chips on their shoulder. The ones that are like, that are trying to grind on you always are the ones that I love. Like oh, I yeah. love them all in their own way, but you knew, okay, it's just going to be time. We just got to break down those walls, gain some trust, have some structure for them. And they did. Those are the ones I actually think about the most. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So did you, um, why don't you talk a little bit about like what the process that you went through briefly, we'll dig into this a little deeper later, but like, from teacher to getting your first job that you have right now at Otis? Um, so I decided, I think after Christmas break, that um, I wasn't going back to the classroom. Like it had gotten to the point that I was like, I will go work in the mall before <laughs> I come back to the classroom in August. So I tried applying to just a bevy of jobs. I was like, well, I guess the natural progression would be like, ed tech. So I was like, let me just apply for everything. And of course, my inbox was full of rejections, um, if I was even lucky enough to get a response. Um, So then I got back on on LinkedIn, which was so random, because I think my LinkedIn, I couldn't even remember the password from the one I made in college. (laughs) So I had to make like a new LinkedIn, because I never literally made it, I think, for a college class and never used it again. So I got back on LinkedIn. I guess LinkedIn knew they could sense that I was um, a teacher trying to get out. So a lot of the people that I met on there were also in the same position, um, going through the same things. I got on Google, tried to Google how to get out of the classroom. And that's when I stumbled upon you. So when I was teaching, I followed you, but then I was like, oh, there's another aspect that as well so yeah okay this is making me so happy because what a people a lot of people don't realize is that I have like my company started five years ago Mm -hmm. and is still running for teacher professional development and like to pump teachers up and keep them in the classroom but I don't talk about that a lot on LinkedIn because it's confusing for people like exactly she helps people stay in but she also helps them get out which I, I can sleep at night because I do both (laughs) <laughs> but that makes me happy that you found me through the teacher professional development and then yeah. came back to me when you needed that bridge. Yeah. So I thought that that was um, kind of cool. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, I trusted her when I was teaching. So let's see what this is about. And I joined. I think I remember I sent you like a LinkedIn message and I was like, hey, I'm in. Let's see what happens. And um, I was able to meet some really great people um one of my work besties um she actually works at Otis with me um and I was able to meet her through classroom and boardroom so it's just I think the process was making that decision and then jumping in and figuring out what it is I need to do I got lucky I will say because my time in looking for a job to getting a job was shorter I think than some people experience but with that, it's still, 
it's still a lot. And then trying to look for a job while trying to be present for the job that you're actually doing to ensure that just in case it doesn't work out, you still do have a job Yeah, um, was a lot. Yeah. But yeah. Especially that time of year when you- Oh, started. yeah. <laughs> I remember when, um, so Jessica that you work with at Otis, mm-hmm. um, she- uh, she still comes to the meetings and helps out. She's ama- an amazing alumni. And she is. I remember pinging her. I'd be like, um, Yinka, yeah. Cause I knew that she, there were some positions opening and like, you just have the right. I told you like on camera, you're bright, you're responsive. You were always participating. Like you stood out. Um, and you. those little things add up positivity. I just hired I someone to work for E2E I, I was sold on her within 10 minutes because she literally had this like can do attitude with a positive, excited personality. And that goes so far. It really does. No, I a hundred percent agree. You have that. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about your job. What do you do? What is your job? We haven't even said that yet. Oh yeah. What are your day-to-day responsibilities? Yeah, so I am a client experience partner here at Otis. Um, So here at Otis, we are one platform to teach, grade, analyze, and plan. So I get to still impact education without necessarily being in the classroom. So what I do is I serve as the liaison between the districts that I serve and Otis. So I'm their kind of go-to for all things Otis. So I do um, professional development, which means I get to travel, which is really cool. Um, I get to um, go through and develop goals with my districts and with my admins. Um, I get to work with teachers. Um, I identify their needs. I measure goals. I look at usage. I focus on retention. Um, I get to, I even get to like build my own, every now and then I'll get to like build my own lessons in the platform or build assessments. So I still get to do that. I build assessments, which is kind of cool as well. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I do Otis lives. So every couple of weeks I, um, get to record, uh, live webinars that teachers and admins can join that talk about different aspects of the platform. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's what I do. You're still teaching. Yeah. Just not, just not teenagers. So (laughs) I get to teach adults instead. So, um, so what would you say is like your favorite thing that you look forward to doing the most in your job? That I look forward to the most. So I think um, professional development. So I, I like being able to utilize the platform and show other people the platform and show them ways that it can serve them in their classroom or on their campus. So something that I'm really good about is making it tangible. So I used to do that in the classroom when I taught. So I do that for my professional development as well. So if I were in the classroom, this is what I would do. Or when I was in the classroom, this is what I would need. So this is what I would do. So making sure that I tie it back to the knowledge that I have. And that's what I really like about Otis is our team is mostly former educators. So it's not just a an ed tech company coming in telling you what to do and how to do it without having any background. I get to take my teaching and utilize it. So it's not just my career didn't, my former career didn't just die. It's just expanded into something different. Love it. Love it. Love it. 
So if you think back on classroom to boardroom, what do you think helped you the most in making this transition and like actually getting the job? Um, so I would definitely shout out Jess. Yes. Um, because I, when it came to my resume, I, I can interview for a teaching job and get a teaching job like that. I can do that in my sleep. My resume showed my skills and my talent. Um, so for me, I was like, yeah, that'll be an easy switch. I'll just give this resume to people and they'll love me too. And that's not how it works because they didn't necessarily care <laughs> about the magical stuff in my classroom. Um, it was more so what do I need to do to kind of like pivot that into um, the ed tech field. So definitely being able to work with um, just to go over what my resume should look like and how I can take those skills and transfer them over um, into ed tech. She is incredible. And for those of you that are listening that are not part of Classroom to Boardroom, um, Jess works as a resume coach for Classroom to Boardroom, and she only works with Classroom to Boardroom students. So when you're part of the program, um, then you get access to Jess, which is amazing. It's uh, taken a lot off my plate because while I like to look at resumes and give general feedback, I do not like the nitty gritty of it. My favorite is the coaching and getting people ready for the actual interviews. So huge shout out to Jess. I don't know what we would do without her. Uh, with my resume and with kind of like the skills that I had, I could land a teaching job wherever I wouldn't worry about that at all. So I thought that, oh, this glowing resume and my personality is enough to get me a job in a completely different field. And it was not. Um, <laughs> so the jobs that I applied to prior to Classroom to Boardroom, they got my education resume and apparently it wasn't as great as, I, as it was. So it led to no callbacks um, at all. So working with Jess, we kind of were able to talk through um, what my resume looks like and not necessarily like completely like wipe it out and start from a blank page, but how can we take the great things that you're doing and turn it into the type of resume that um, tech companies are looking for? And I definitely give her all of the credit and all of the flowers because my resume is amazing. So now I have an amazing education resume, but I have... I also have an amazing tech resume as well. So you worked with Jess, you revamped your resume. I know for you, the community, obviously getting connected with people that helped you, you know, find jobs. Did you really dig into the modules quite a bit? And what do you remember from that? So, yeah, I was able to start kind of going through the modules. Um, I will say it got to the point that I was trying to like bring it to work with me and work on it discreetly <laughs> during my planning period because I printed out all of like the um, pages because I am someone who needs to like write on something. I can't just look at like the screen. Um, so I definitely was able to um, do that. Going through the modules really helped as well because when I first decided that I wanted to do ed tech, I didn't know what that meant. Um, so yeah. I was like, yeah, ed tech, like the stuff we use in my classroom. So I would kind of like go in and apply for all kinds of jobs. The job that I do now is not necessarily the job that I thought I wanted. Um, I thought I wanted to yeah. do instructional design because I build lessons all day and I'm creative and my kids like what I do. And that's not what that job is. Um, mm -hmm. so being able to go so through true. the modules, have a lot of yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, it's not like, I was like, oh, this is not 
this is not what I thought. <laughs> um, yeah. So going through the modules kind of showed me like what the different jobs are within ed tech and then helped me to understand what I was actually looking for and what I definitely wasn't looking for. Um, so I, that helped a lot because going in blind, you just apply for what sounds like what you're looking, like what you want yep. to do. And that's not necessarily the case. And you probably see it now. I, I preach this in classroom to boardroom is that companies revolve around revenue and making money, yep. even nonprofits. Like you have to make money. And that is at the core, as much as we are all teachers and want to do good for kids, the company has to make money and has to make renewals and has to expand yeah. or it doesn't survive. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably one of the kind of biggest wake up calls I'm using quotes for <laughs> teachers when they're transitioning um, into ed tech. So I, I'm glad that you got that. And I think for you, you said something about like knowing what you don't want to do. That's part of the process too, is eliminating stuff. Cause where people get in trouble is when they're like applying for everything mm -hmm. and they don't have a focus. So I'm glad you were able to figure that out early on. Um, can you talk a little bit about your hard and soft skills? I like to talk about this and ask each person this, like, what are some of the stop, soft skills you really use in your role and hard skills? Oh yeah. Uh, so soft skills, um, team, uh, teamwork, creativity, problem solving, um, critical thinking. Um, I need to be organized. I have never made so many spreadsheets in my life and I enjoy it. <laughs> um, communication, just being able to have those conversations. Um, hard skills, I had to learn software as a service. So I'm using Jira, I'm using Monday, I'm using Slack, ShareFile, like all these like different things and different acronyms that I'd never, I never used in the classroom. I used email <laughs> and Google. So um, big, but now there's- Big learning curve there. They're, oh my gosh, my first week we love acronyms and I think tech loves acronyms as well. So that was a lot. Like my notes, the first couple of weeks were like, Hey, what does this mean? <laughs> yes. And then just kind of like grind it yeah. down, but now I can spit out acronyms as well. So it's kind of, it's yeah. cool to see, but yeah, just like learning about the customer journey, the customer experience, um, being able to navigate Salesforce, which in and of itself is a whole different beast. Um, and yes. then focusing on like customer retention, I, you don't have that in the classroom. Your your students are your students for an entire year. You retain them because that's what you're supposed to do. But then right. I have to consistently work to make sure that my districts are happy, to make sure that they're sticky, to make sure that they come back next year. Because like you said, while Otis is for educators by educators, we still need to make money. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely you do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing this story. I would just to like to wrap up with your final piece of advice for a teacher who's listening to this, hoping to make a transition similar to yours. Oh, yeah. Um, I think one thing that um, I would say is that you can do hard things. Um, I know that we live in this cycle, a lot of us live in the cycle that like we're teachers and that's what we do. And that's been my biggest switch is understanding that I was a teacher, but that was something that I did, not necessarily the basis of who I am as a human being. So that took a while because I was like, what do I do if I'm not teaching the youth? And it's like, oh, I can do lots of things. Um, so you can yes. do um, hard things. You can step outside your comfort zone. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt um, as someone who never got rejections for teaching jobs. Um, 
seeing all those rejections in my email or being ghosted by companies, it, it hurts, especially when I have this goal I've set for myself. But at the end of the day, you got this. We know a lot of information. We are not just teachers. There's a lot more to you and making sure that you understand that and step into that. That's what you need. I love it. What a perfect way to end the podcast. Yinka, thank you so much for being here and being vulnerable and sharing your story with us. And until next time, my friends, hang in there. You've got this. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast.